2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. It's
0: 6 o'clock on Dukes & Bell, the number one sports talk show in Atlanta for your ride home.
2: Mike, he is
0: going in, and he has intimate knowledge, oh, by the way, of things and how they do business. He,
1: I think, when you talk about what coaches cross the line and say something like this about Nick Saban,
0: it was said today.
1: Well, Jimbo says, hey, might be a good idea if somebody smacks Nick Saban, somebody takes a shot at Nick Saban. <laughs> I mean, look, it's going to be unbelievable the week in October when uh, the tide takes on the Aggies. But look, I think that Nick Saban, as we said, does things for effect. It's radio 92.9 to game. Man, that seems like ages ago, doesn't it? That was stuff that dropped way before we even got to. SEC media days, which kind of kicks off uh, the the real interest in college football. And, uh, well, man, Jimbo's hanging out for a job. It was so bad over there in uh, College Station, he was seriously considering bringing in the dark lord Bobby Petrino. That's when you really know you've been rock bottom, man. That great freshman recruiting class, a lot of guys are like, I'm entering the portal. Uh, So we'll see where that goes. Saban, by the way, Alabama takes on Kansas State. Rob and I were talking about the physicality of the Wildcats, but I think it's a real cool testament when you got a lot of guys, a lot of folks, and a lot of teams tapping out, which I don't disagree with, but I love the guys like Bryce Young and Will Anderson who maybe. By their lofty standards, didn't have the season they expected, and they're going to go out hopefully give Alabama a win, cover that spread, I bet them, but more importantly, show the scouts <laughs> in the NFL what they're all about. You got the sample size, you know, but I like that. I mentioned Dalvin Cook years ago for Florida State. Played in the Orange Bowl. Everyone in his campus is telling him, don't do it. He plays. Yep. But again, the risk, we saw Florida State uh, tight down wide uh, uh, the defense, uh, offensive tackle start going Matt to the Corral position. hurt
3: himself last year too but uh, yeah. that's not why he dropped in the draft though. they were worried about some off field things right. apparently those weren't that big of a deal but that's a lot of people thought that he lost the draft position because he got hurt in the bowl game but that's not what happened
1: Georgia captains for this uh, semi-final championship game you're going to have Nolan Smith out there for the coin flip Chris Smith Cedric Bond, uh, Bond Granger, and uh, Stetson Bennett the fourth. So I got Ben, Ben, Pran, and I got Stetson. The type is tiny on the peach Bowl font, by the way. And without my glasses, yeah, pass those over real quick.
3: These are a 1.25. So will you be able to see with them?
1: Oh my God, I can eat an ant with this. Thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can so, burn ants with yeah, it, right? So basically, the leaders for the dogs are going to be there. Hey man, let's hit the. Uh, we got the top three.
0: Top three. It's time for the top three at six. Top three at six. Now let's see what we have here.
1: All right. Earlier today, DJ Shockley, former Georgia quarterback, and of course, doing a great job on TV now, came on Andy Rende and was talking about the big question, which you and I have asked a lot of analysts to try to break down. How do you stop Jalen Carter? Just what exactly would the Buckeyes have up their sleeve? Listen to what Shock had to say about that.
0: Bonk, I'll be honest. If you go back to the Kentucky game, if you go back to the Missouri game, the game plan in that, was quick intermediate throws, yeah. ball out of the hand of the quarterback. And that's where the game stayed really tight. If you remember, a lot of good things happened for both those teams, and they were in the game in the fourth quarter. And if you look up, Ohio State has way better talent than Kentucky right. and Missouri. Mm-hmm. If they're able to do that, they're able to be in this ball game in the fourth quarter with a style of quarterback that they have, with the playmakers they have on the outside, and not allow... You know, that front four or the, you know, bring a little nickel pressure here and there to get to CJ Stroud, and he gains confidence over three quarters. That's going to be a dangerous and very good fourth quarter, I would say. So I think you, you go back and you watch that Kentucky film, you watch that Missouri film, you watch how the ball is out. You're taking two, three yards on the throw, and you, your head changed on first and second down. Those are ways that Kentucky and Missouri kind of handle Georgia's pass rush and handle the, the fierceness that they come with when they do come. So I I think the quick intermediate game, take your shots when they're there, because obviously they're going to do that, but they got to stay ahead of the change. And by doing that is what Kentucky and Missouri did was early down success, quick intermediate throw, get two, three, four yards here and there, and then you can build on it from there.
3: Well, there you go. So we have uh, earlier today, Sham Sharania, NBA reporter, said in the midst of a turbulent season, Atlanta Hawks head coach Nate McMillan has strongly considered resigning from his position, sources say we had Hawks CEO Steve Coonan on. Here's what he had to say.
1: Well, I mean, I thought that was an absolute non-story story when he was thinking about resigning. But, I mean, come on. And that was literally trash journalism. And my response is, why did not anybody put their name on it if it's real? Well, this is made-up stuff. I'm literally calling Shams out. That he's thinking of resigning but didn't resign. You know what that's called? A non-story. I mean, it's just hack journalism. Okay. Hack. That's our man Steve Coonan and just minutes ago Nate McMillan uh, at the press conference pregame talking to the media. Uh, he has uh, said he will consider retiring after the season. So apparently Nate wow. has been worn out by this process and again just got that contract extension after two years. Seems like again a decade ago that we were up there against the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. Great wins over the Knicks and the Sixers and it looked like he was the answer because after you know, Lloyd Pierce couldn't get anything right this guy pushed all the right buttons. Well,
3: I guess uh, Shams wasn't completely wrong but Steve Coonan circling the wagons for the right. people that, you know, sign his checks. I have no problem with that. Pat Benson I mean, has that
1: first. That... <laughs>
3: <Yeah, so laughs>
1: Nate responds to the question, says he will consider retiring after the season. So, if you put that out there, the coach says that, are you less inclined to fire him over the course of, I mean, unless you have a benchmark here. We're, we're playing 500 basketball. I always thought he'd have until the team gets healthy and have a sample size slash all-star break. Are but, you
3: less inclined? I don't think are so. You,
1: are you less inclined when a guy says, "I'm"? Um, or you say that is even more further impetus to move him out? Yeah, this
3: just sounds like what what is this what is all this? Like what I'm does over, all this? Like mean? I'm over
1: Trey, I'm over the Michigas, yeah. I'm over these guys not playing defense or not, you know, not hustling, everything that you hear in the timeouts. Well Nate's
3: fifty eight years old, he's got enough money, he's got generational wealth, I'm pretty sure. So maybe he has had enough and he can just go do whatever he wants right. to do, right? Well you
1: say generational wealth. You give me twenty million, I will pee through that in a year. Well, <laughs> Just watch me.
3: No, I don't think we'd want to have to check your pee after a oh, year. No, right? that's it well, that day you, you <laughs> might have
1: to be in the, the cup would melt. <laughs> but you no, know, you give me 20 million, right? Now, like Brewster's millions. I I'll, I'll haven't spent <laughs> it up. Be back by tomorrow. I'll have it all gone. I'll have my face on the back of Ferrari. I'll have a sponsorship. Just Mike's face and me and Carl's face and the beer on the back of a Ferrari for Formula One. All right, so what is so this? 20 mean? million right there.
3: So what does this mean going forward? He will consider retiring at the end of the year. What does that mean? That's going to give wind to a lot of speculation for the rest of the season. I mean, well, why don't you just go ahead and retire now? See,
1: there you go. Because once you say that, I was thinking the same thing. Because, we, look, half the town, more than half, I think, based on what we heard at the arena, what we're hearing on social media, they just see the same things we're seeing. I'm not enamored with the uh, rotations. It's we've never made this all about Trey guys. You guys hear us criticize Trey and you think we're blaming the whole thing on him. No, Nate's got some blame too because sometimes. Oh, he's Nate, not blameless. Nate, like the other night, how about a timeout? Some of that stuff made no sense, despite right. the fact Dejounte clapped back at my partner Carl Dukes and said, "No, nah, man, I got to hit my." Fr-. Yes, you all had to hit your free throws, but Nate's still got to call a timeout. We
3: saw that. We saw the writing on the wall. Remember that really defeated sounding soundbite that he had. He was weary. He was. He mm. sounded burned out. He goes, "I just players today. The game's different. Players are different." He was, it was like he just basically resigned himself to this inevitability, and I think right. it's certainly not a shock, but why wait till the end of the year? I guess because he's not a quitter, per se. He don't want to quit mm. midstream, and I respect him for that, certainly.
1: Hey, man, the Lakers are in town. Uh, they've got a big uh, they got a big bad patch of basketball. They've lost four of their last five. Yeah. A and a we'll worse see. record than the Hawks, yeah.
3: 13th out in Correct. the West, too.
1: Anthony Davis, no surprise, is out. Uh, DeAndre <laughs> Hunter is questionable, and uh, we'll see about the rest of the Hawks tonight. But, uh, yeah, Trey, I uh, presume, is going to play tonight.
3: Well, we hope so, that devastating calf injury.
1: Again, man, I mean, everybody's <laughs> calf responds differently. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I you know I, the most I've hurt my calf is like burning on an exhaust pipe on a motorcycle. I never, I've had that happen. No, to I've never me really too. had a bruise to a calf, but, uh, you know.
3: Well, then we talked about
1: Ronnie Lott amputating his finger, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And now, all right, here's this we're going to put 60 seconds on the clock. Rob's now going to give me get off my lawn on the softness of today's NBA player.
3: You, you, bruise your, you got mule kicked in the calf the other night, and you can't play against Brooklyn in a star-studded affair. Ronnie Lott chose to have his finger amputated rather than left Five him for drive. surgery so we would not have to miss anything. Phillip Rivers, torn ACL. Jack
1: Youngblood, broken Time. fibula. It's <laughs> a broken, yeah, Jack Youngblood. Play with a broken leg. playing the Super Bowl. You're going to look it up. I liked that. I did pretty well. I got it all in there. Things you find an older person says about the NBA for 200 $200. <laughs> That's more like password. now that's like the pyramid, right? That's 25000 like Yeah,
3: $25,000. they are soft.
1: Uh, they're weak. They're all divas. Too much social media. More concerned about fashion. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, no killer instinct. All besties with their friends.
3: <laughs> they don't want to kill the opposition. They're best friends with them.
1: What kind of crap no, is that? No one can hit the
3: intermediate jump shot. Uh, nobody plays defense.
1: Uh, no one has to throw a punch.
3: <laughs> oh, that rabbit punch the other night. He got barely suspended or something. It well, wasn't a very yeah. Big that, was the, uh,
1: that was the that was the uh, fight up in Detroit. Three games, three yeah. games. Yeah, Detroit yeah. uh, and
3: That was the sorriest punch I've ever seen.
1: <laughs> Some top three for you. A couple of things uh, from the NFL. Uh, Jalen Hurts is listed as doubtful. Uh, the latest from Sirianni with the Eagles, they said they tried to give it a go today. They're not ruling him out, but it does seem pretty limited. You may see Gardner Minshew again against the yeah. Saints, which is big, though, because if they lose to the Saints, Cowboys keep winning, they're going to lose that division. But Minshew's not a liability. He played no. quite well against no, Dallas. No, the other guys fumbled. He had yeah. You and I said it. We give him one pick in Dallas, yeah. but it was the turnovers yeah. the other guys made.
3: make. But he's, he's, he's had some moments before. There's a reason why he's still in the league. I mean.
1: Right. I said five weeks. It's more like 15 weeks. Joey Bosa activated after three months on IR Right. The I know it seems like
3: it had been forever. Yeah. And just in time, too. What if they could make a run in the playoffs? Their, their record is kind of mediocre, but they're in the tournament. Right. And you get one of your big cogs back, you know, to go with that very talented quarterback. Right. Maybe watch out for the Chargers. I don't know.
1: Huntley's going to go, by the way. I called him Caleb. That's our old running back. But the other Huntley's right, going to go right. for the Bravens because Lamar Jackson is out. And real quick, crazy story. This one dropped uh, yesterday, actually this morning. Um, Blaine Gabbert, yes. you know what he does? He's the backup for the yes. Bucks. Bo, have you seen this story? So, he and his buddies, his, he's got his younger brothers in town. He's 33, and he's out there jet skiing in Tampa Bay. And all of a sudden, they hear like a, yep. a yep. helicopter has slammed into the water. They zip they zip over there on the jet skis and they rescue uh, the people that were in the helicopter that were flying out of a little community airport. He goes, I heard a faint noise. Just remember looking to the west, it looked like the crew in the boat of water. wasn't sure what it was. And then they realized it was a helicopter and they zip over there and they save everybody. There was a couple of uh, family members and they got them all out. A couple of the local police said it was a hell of a job. Yeah, these guys to get over there. It closed. was written.
3: One thing, one account I read of the whole thing, they made it sound so dramatic. You know, many people freeze under such situations, but not Blaine Gabbard. I mean, it was that's basically how they wrote it. I mean, well, good for him for doing it and no, reacting no. and doing the right thing. But, no, but
1: i got to be honest, if I was zipping over to a helicopter, I'd probably bust my nuts on the jet ski. That happens every time. <laughs> it does. Every time I get on a jet ski, something bad, I come out bruised and beaten, the knees are shot.
3: I used to be really good on the ones you stand up on, yeah. those original ones. All
1: right, ski doo. That's oh, true. Of course,
3: that's true. That's true.
1: Had the Patriots on the ropes, and then that pass interference call changed everything in that AFC Championship. That's game. right. That's right.
3: Well,
1: Gabbert comes home to his family. They say, "What did you guys do? How oh, we saved a family from a helicopter crash?" I'm like what? <laughs> How was your day? Yeah. So that's pretty cool. See, there you go. <laughs> NFL people—they really are good folks. They you know? are good Come to people. Your rescue. Aren't they? Hey, man, there's your top three here on uh, Dukes and Bell with our man Rob, Robbie Tribble, crazy Robbie Tribble, filling in today. So what have we learned, as Steak would say today? What do we learn?
3: Just don't do it with the uh, <laughs> elevated, shrill vocals as, that he does. And as, I love Steak, but that one just kind of gets me.
1: Now, we're going to do this for game winner. We're going to hear from big Chuck Smith, get his take on the Falcons in Arizona, J.J. Watt's final appearance here in Mercedes-Benz, and then, of course, we'll talk about the championship game, or, or semifinal game. But uh, what do you, if anything, has, has anything changed your opinion throughout the week? Or All the experts we've had on all the analysis, what the coaches and the players had to say, et cetera.
3: No, because I don't need them. I don't need the, those experts. We're, we're just using them to, for content purposes, okay. my friend. Nothing has changed. I still think Georgia, Ohio State's going to hang around. They're going to make some big plays. They're going to mm-hmm. hang around. Fourth quarter, I think Stroud will inevitably be forced into throwing an interception. And then right. voila, Georgia wins by 11.
1: Hey, we're going to do this for the game winner, guys, at 640. Give us your prediction. Give us your playmaker for either Georgia. If, you're, if you feel the Buckeyes are going to pull it, then say C.J. Stroud or maybe Marvin Harrison Jr. I'll tell you right now. I think Malachi I think I'm you know what? I will I'll go with Malachi Starks making a play. How about that?
3: Just because his name is so fun to say. He's like that guy you have to say his first and last name too. It's like Dan Rather, Malachi Starks. You know it's the same. Mike Bell. Oh, like
1: that's, well, that's what's. Too, well, again, it's not my, my real I name. I know that my real name know. is Rosenstein, but we don't tell we, people all we that. We don't tell don't people you, that. <laughs> no, it's a joke, Dylan. That's a joke. And you're Greek too. That's what's so weird about <laughs> it. The Greek Rosensteins. No, you right? almost
0: had me convinced, Mike. <laughs> Thank
1: you. <bro. laughs> yes, my real name is Mika's Papadopoulos. No, anyway, <laughs> Squid Billy. By the way, if you had to pick one guy, if you want to pick like one dude who's going to make a play and is going you know, to, because like. In the championship game up in Indianapolis, he was obviously the Killy Ringo pick. But if you had in your, don't close your eyes if you're driving, but who's going to be the guy that's going to come up? Sometimes it's not necessarily the household name on the roster, sometimes it's the other guy who comes up with a big play. But off, off the top of your head, yeah, that was Christopher Smith. Christopher Smith. Yeah, I, one thing for certain, it's going to be electric. I just we've heard from a lot of folks and uh, guys are hitting us up in the text line trying to get their hands on tickets. Or it's going to be an unbelievable vibe. It's going to be.
3: Now, oh, I, it's amazing. I, this uh,
1: this TCU game. Remember four o'clock. The problem is, guys, if you're if you're getting down there, you're lucky enough. City's going to be crawling downtown. Mm-hmm. I mean, the traffic is going to be miserable. Uber it's miserable. I know this is one of those times. Uber Take Marta. Marta. Take the Marta
3: and go to Reverb at a Hard Rock tomorrow. Four to eight. Randy McMichael, Andy Bunker. Brian Gebhardt, smoking Joe Patrick, V103, is going to be broadcasting in tandem with us. Mm. All hands on deck tomorrow, Reverb.
1: Hey, thanks to Scott. He gets a producer credit. Squid Billy asleep at the wheel after you've been asleep at the wheel. It was Blake Bortles, not Blaine Gabbard, in the uh, Jacksonville-New England AFC Ah, Championship game. Thank you, you sir. Blake Bortles, you, sir, get a like. And a gold star. Hey, man, Big Chuck Smith, Joe. What's he have to say about what's going to happen this weekend? Oh, by the
3: way, Darnell Washington's going to be the one to have the game for Georgia tomorrow.
1: You could say that almost. There's so many weapons. That's what I makes know, you right? feel so warm it's, and fuzzy about the. Dogs. I know
3: it's fantastic.
1: Hear what Chuck has to say about this weekend, pro and college.
0: Back to more Dukes and Bells. Let's go, let's go! On Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. The most important story of the day. Brought to you by MaximumCashHomeBuyers.com. Fair cash offers for as-is homes. Don't waste your time with repairs. Call 678-902-2000.
1: Dr. Pass Rush joins us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Chuck, we're just talking about J.J. Watt. What makes J.J. Watt so special? What made him a future Hall of Famer? Well,
4: I think number one, first and foremost... His, his on-field presence is toughness. J.J. Watt is a backyard brawler, and he's always been that, but he was obviously being a great pass rusher. And I think the thing that's benefited J.J. Watt, I heard you talking about John Abraham. I think in this new era, I think a lot of guys benefit from social media. Not saying J.J. Watt's not a Hall of Famer, but when you're making comparisons, A, played in an era, you know, you didn't get to see so much information on him. Now, J.J.'s numbers speak for themselves. He was a public guy who's been out in front, did all kind of charity and supporting, you know, everything from Hurricane Katrina to everything that's happened to people from, you know, involved with Texas in that region as well as, you know, during that time. You know, John was a, you know, laid back, kind of quiet type of player. So from that standpoint, you know, there's a that, – that kind of separates him. And I think the biggest thing that separates him and John, he's a three-time defensive player of the year. Only Aaron Donald and Lawrence Taylor have that um, that honor. So that definitely separates those guys right there by a long shot.
3: You know, Chuck, you mentioned the other day when we had you on, a guy like Grady uh, Grady Jarrett, he's not going to be fully appreciated yeah. for just how great he was no. because he's been laboring in obscurity with a mediocre uh, team for the most part.
4: Well, Rob, you hit it 100%. I always remember – When Jesse Tuggle made his first Pro Bowl, I think it was in 1992, he had been a five-time alternate.
0: I remember
4: Jerry Glanville, when he brought us all up in the circle and announced Jesse had made his first Pro Bowl, everybody went crazy. And it was like, you know, he had won a billion-dollar lottery, and he just broke Hmm. down. And I think Grady's in that situation a lot like his dad, a lot like a lot of other guys that were, in, you know, in my era, myself, who was an alternate multiple, multiple times, when you're on a, a bad team, you are you never get the credit you looked at because you're kind of lumped in with the rest of the, the team's mm. the, the team's record and the way people look at the team. So it's tough sledding for Grady because he's evaluated on a team that gets no national pub. I mean, I've never once had this year, and I watch all those TV mm. shows. They've never once talked about the Falcons individuals on the defensive line, and that ain't right because Grady's had a a Pro Bowl year, but he's just a victim of being right now on a a part of an organization that hasn't had much success the last four or five years.
1: He is the one-man gang on defense, using that phrase again. is our man, Big Chuck Smith, yep. talking about the Falcons. Lindstrom did make the Pro Bowl, had him on yesterday. he That's kind of a no-brainer as a guard yep. out of Boston College. Chris has put his nose to the yeah. grindstone, does the does the work. That's one guy you really don't worry about. You only think about the screw-ups he's had maybe on one hand in over the last like three or four years. Chuck, the uh, let's start with the college game, man. We'll get to the Falcons and the cards in a, in a bit. How does Ohio State beat Georgia? First and foremost, I think how they
4: beat Georgia is – They, number one, limit Georgia's running game. And let me tell you what they have to do. You got to stop those guys because Georgia wants to come and run that ball. Georgia wants to pound the ball. And that's, you know, who they've always been. And that's what Kirby said when he, you know, we're going to run the ball because Georgia doesn't get a lot of explosive plays. This isn't an offense outside of Brock Bowers catching a 50-yard pass or Georgia every once in a while, you know, making big plays. So if Ohio State can limit Georgia's offense when it comes to running the ball, now it's going to force Georgia to have to throw the ball. And, and most people, they truly don't know. If you'd ask people outside of Athens and Atlanta who their receivers are, they wouldn't know. They'd name two tight ends. Right. Limit Georgia's running attack, and I, I'd take my chances if I'm Ohio State, on Georgia actually having to throw the ball. Because outside of Brock Bowers, they're, they don't, they're not a big play team.
3: All right, how do you stop Jalen Carter if uh, you're that Ohio State offensive line?
4: I go at him. I make it a backyard brawl. I have one guy blocking him, and I have another guy come and peel him off and try to knock him on the ground. Everywhere Jalen goes, I, I challenge him. Great players a lot of times, particularly in the college level, don't get challenged because, I won't say guys are scared, but there's an a over-respect factor. Hmm. Number one, I'd make everybody else beat him. I would run power plays at him, double team. I wouldn't let him get on many one-on-ones. But I would turn into a backyard brawl, and, and I would just see how how a big bully, a great player like him, handles it when they go at him in a way that he's not used to it. But if you sit back and play comfortable football with him, I think you know clearly with his talent, he's going to manhandle the guys in front of him. And that's, that's the first thing is I turn into a, a nasty fight and see how he handles that.
3: And if anything, that could fatigue him as well in the second half.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. And you want to be accountable for him. And my thing, too, a lot of, that, a lot of things that he does well, Georgia likes to send pressure, especially off the ball with the linebackers. Mm-hmm. He does a great job of getting in his fit when he's twisting. If he's supposed to be in the gap and taking the if he's slanting to the left and he's bringing the center to guard with him, he does a good job. And all those guys do it. And so I think Jalen give him a lot of credit, you know, where, where from his individual talent. But by no means is this Georgia defense a one-man game. Nope. One man can't do it by himself. This defensive line, they, a lot of the other guys don't get a lot of credit, but this is make, make no means, uh, by no means is a real good unit. Hmm. Jalen is at the forefront because he's, you know, that guy. But if the other guys don't do their job, Jalen's not going to be able to do his job, so it's collectively a, a good unit.
1: All right, so like uh, Dumas Johnson and uh, Smile Monda, all those dudes will have to step up, and th- those guys will maybe reap the benefits of all the attention that uh, Jalen Carter is going to get. Chuck Smith's with us, guys. The uh, The Michigan team, last year they lose uh, a job, and obviously uh, Aiden Hutchinson's the dude who hits the ground running for the Lions. So what is their defense? Is, is it kind of like Georgia, Chuck? Is their defense of some of its parts, even though they put a bunch of guys in the league last year?
4: Well... Contrary to maybe what in our region we kind of think, this program and Georgia's program are comparable. Yep. There's, not a, there's not a gap. This, is, this isn't Georgia and Florida, or this isn't Georgia and Tennessee. This is Georgia and Ohio State, arguably, the, the in my opinion, the, the number two program in America right now. It's not Michigan. Even though Michigan's beaten them the last two years, Ohio State has hardware over this last decade to say, hey, we're with the big boys. They recruit nationally, so I, I just think it's going to be a different game. I mean, number one, think about what Michigan has. They got Michigan got a wide receiver, Marvin Harrison Jr. If he comes out last year, he's a first rounder. He's the best receiver in college football. Simple as that. This Ohio State offensive line, they're veteran led. They're bruisers. You know, remember the quarterback CJ Stroud. He's projected to be a top three pick. Now, does he run around and do all those things a lot of these other guys do? No but he's fantastic. So when you look at these programs, the mistake is, wow, we're that much better. No, it's a, it's a small uh, distance between them. But as far as me knowing people at both of them being around programs, being around the high school, the kids that they get, these programs are on the same level.
3: All right. I'm sure you're going to be watching the uh, orange bowl. You're a, Tennessee balls taking on Clemson. What are your thoughts on uh, Joe Milton? Uh, This is his dress rehearsal.
4: You mean, Joe, can I throw a deep ball Milton? I'm still seeing him overthrowing players, man. Uh,
3: Hey, man,
4: I don't know. I mean, and this offense goes by the quarterback, and I know Joe was brought in there clearly to be that guy. You know, Hendon Hooker ends up being the guy, and it's funny that when you look at Hendon Hooker, you know what he did, and you know it's going to be tough to follow. You know Tennessee's receivers are not there. The, the the team that Tennessee had that had a great year this year is not going to be playing tonight. So I think the big challenge from their standpoint is, can the the, the backups get it done? You know, can Milton make the plays? Is he gonna? Is he not going to flinch when things don't go his way? And those are things that made him the number two, because he was supposed to have been the guy. So and you know Clemson's starting to, you know, the future is now for Clemson with their new quarterback. Kate Klubner, yeah. With uh, – yeah, with, with him. And, you know, they, they got some good young talent. That, but the thing for him, they, they're wide receivers, Clemson receivers. Right now, that's the weakest unit on the team. So it's going to be an interesting game between both of them. And it will be a big win because from Tennessee's standpoint, that South Carolina loss, Who would ever thought a 10-win team, when you look back, it looks as a disappointment because of the way it happened for them. And as well as Clemson, you know, you lose their quarterback. And remember, that's going to be a storyline in Clemson history. He was Mm -hmm. supposed to take them to national championships. So now you're seeing two programs that are going to have to uh, somewhat compete with lesser than, but the stakes for them moving into recruiting, moving into next year are high. So this is an important game for both of those programs.
1: Yeah, DJU uh, was, a. I think they were too stubborn. Dabo was just way too stubborn. I think the fan base saw it, the nation saw it, and now Klubnik, who you got to yeah. see in the kickoff game against Georgia Tech, remember, came on a field game and touched down. It's his show now. So we'll see. And then Kelly Bryant was kind of like the other Clemson quarterback. It just was good, but wasn't good enough mm-hmm. for the championship. Right. So, Chuck, real quick with mm-hmm. the Falcons, um, I know I've asked you every week about Ebba Katie and uh, the progression of the young yeah. guys. Real quick, just because something we got on the show uh, earlier in the week. The Falcons have lots of money to spend, and there's really not great pass rushers. Mm-hmm. But after we did the conversation, no. Squid-, Squid Billy brought up the name Duran Payne. What about Grady and Duron mm-hmm. Payne in the middle, and how much better would that make that D line?
4: Oh, it would be a significant up- upgrade. Duran's had a fantastic year this year. He's done a really good job getting after it, been stout on the run, and shown the ability to generate some pass rush. I mean, that's a huge upgrade. I mean, it's not even a comparison of. Where they are now, not a shot at who they got. But Duran becomes disruptive. Him and Grady become one of the best tandems in the league, especially on paper. And I think that, I think also him playing next to Grady makes Duran Payne that much better. And it is lean. But Mike, I, I hate we always have this conversation. It's crazy <laughs> we've had it. Know. <laughs> hey, you know, best Rob, decade. me and you, you know what I'm saying? With these yep. same conversations, it's got to happen through the draft. Right, we yeah. gotta have a, a, the right free agent, and when you're advocating, you got to get, you got to become the guy. Malone, you got to become one of the bookends. Uh, Ogun Deji, if he's there, or Lorenzo Carter, you guys got to be able to get better. But on the inside, there is a couple backups and just Grady, so the work continues. We're gonna have the same conversations next year, and it's unfortunate for the Falcon fans. We still haven't found guys that can rush the passer.
3: Well, Chuck, enjoy your vols tonight. Happy New Year, my brother. And uh, we always appreciate your time.
4: Appreciate y'all. Happy New Year's, guys. I you appreciate
1: can. the time. That's our man. Big Chuck Smith, guys, and again, some great bowl games going on right now as we speak. There's a great one with Notre Dame and South Carolina, man. That's a dial score down there in the Gator Bowl. Earlier, our buddy Brad Nessler, final game for CBS this year as Pitt beats UCLA 37-35. As we mentioned, you got the Orange Bowl coming up, more stuff. Hey, man, we'll continue the conversation about the biggest game for Georgia of the season, and here's where you guys get to sound off. First chance we're going to give you guys to open up the phone lines. Don't screw it up. You're going to tell us what the score is. You're going to tell us who's going to be the MVP or the dude that makes the difference, okay? So be prepared to present your case and argue why this is going to happen, okay? So when we go, hey, Jimmy and Bucket, what's up, Jimmy? And you're like, uh, dude, uh, don't do that because we want to finish strong. It's the last game winner. Of uh, 2022. And Squid Billy wants to kill the segment. He wants to pull the plug. He's, he really thinks you guys aren't bringing A game. So who's going to win the game? Who's going to be the dude making the difference? Give us the score. We're asking for some serious sports analysis. 404-74. Oh, get uh, You know the number, oh, night 2 Now get in here and do the game winners coming up next.
0: Sports Radio 92.9
2: The Game.
0: And the winner is... Time to take the game winner on Dukes and Bell. Your last chance to sound off on today's show. So don't stink. Call now 404-741-0929. Today's question...
1: All right, we're not screwing around. As my dad would say, no more grab ass. We're going to play some real sports-type topics for our game winner tonight. 404-741-0929. Who's going to win a game on Saturday night? And why? And who's going to be the key? Capish? That's the story. For instance, Georgia wins 35-20, to and Keithy Ringo has another pick. And maybe Kirby jumps in the air at the same time again.
3: That wow, would be wonderful, wouldn't it? Yes, great. Live the whole thing, thing all right. over again, <laughs>
1: right? And you still think they cover, right? You think they cover the I six? think
3: they cover, yeah. It's like a thirty-three twenty-four right. type thing.
1: If you're down again, it's uh, Carl and Mike, and Rob is in today. Thanks for doing a great job all week filling in for Carl. Well, Dukes. Thank you. Although today, though, didn't quite have my fast oh, well, you I oh, were just busting your balls, but anyway, Carl will be back on Monday. <laughs> Actually, check that we're off Monday, too. But it's a thank you, company. We'll be back on uh, the uh, second, and that's when we'll be rocked or the third, whatever. Get a calendar, genius. Who's our first customer? Hey, Wes, you're in the game, man. What you got? All
0: right, gentlemen. Georgia wins 35 17. This type of game is going to be a Machismo game. So I'm going to say Brock Dallas going to have three touchdowns. He's going to hold up old Stetson Bennett.
1: I like it. There you go, man. Stetson Bennett. We were saying the over under for a Stetson Bennett pick is what? One or fumble? One turnover? One turnover. Yeah, I'm with you there. And that's, see, there you go. Ball, we're off and running. We don't normally do this, save for the big games, and that's why we're doing it here to wrap up our game winner, which is brought to you by Dukes and Bell. Hey, Man Ale, available at all your favorite package stores and your Publix. and public's are going to have a Time to get it. What you got? Big James. Jimmy. Hey, man, you're in the game, brother. Hey, man. Hey, man. I
0: got Georgia 38-31. Darnell Washington gets the MVP, gets two touchdowns, and the game wins.
1: I like the sound of that. He
3: agrees with me. That's that was my prognostication, sir.
1: Well, the thing about Georgia, and and look, you can say the same thing when Ohio State is cooking. They've got one of their running backs is down, but they still got a, a solid back. They got a quarterback that was considered to be a top five NFL draft pick, right? right just before right. the season began, he can
3: enhance or damage his status. Tone. Right.
1: It's the same thing, and that that's why I think you know you're seeing what's going on with Alabama. You know, you've got guys that are showing out because they want to prove that they are the real deal. You know, or or they just you know they I know it's kind of hokey. They just have a sense of loyalty to the program, and that's why
3: Bryce Young and Will Anderson are going for the tie. Yeah, I've, I've been reading all this stuff. Well, Alabama, that that dynasty is clearly in decline. They have the top-rated recruiting class. Nick Saban yeah. still has all of his marbles. That's yeah. Ridiculous.
1: Come on, and guys, by the way, there's every decent coach out there would give his eye teeth to be working for Nick Saban. He is the human car wash. Guys come in dirty. They go out clean. Lane Kiffin, Sarkeesian. Bill O'Brien will be perhaps the latest guy. Mussolini. (laughs) Yeah. You you mean the running backs coach Vic Mussolini for Fresno State? Who's up next? Swede. Hey, man. Happy New Year, Swede. What you got tonight?
0: Hey, man. First of all, I want to you, Carl and your entire staff, Bo, especially also a happy New Year and prosperous and healthy. Uh, I've got it. Georgia twenty seven twenty four, and Stetson Bennett will shine. Thanks, you guys, and again, Happy New Year.
1: Appreciate that. Most of us have got the at least the uh, so far sample size got the game going over. Sweets the first guy to take it under the yeah, sixty two. Yeah, went low with half. it. Yeah. How hey, you got? Uh, Dylan, who's up next? Chief. Hey, Chief. Happy New Year, brother. All our usual suspects. Happy are out. New
0: Year, Chief. What's hey, happening? What's happening?
1: I'm going. To, I'm going to go thirty seven twenty one Georgia, and Stetson Bennett will run for two. And, and, and throw two. Oh, then he's your MVP. Big night. Nice. Big night. He's going to get some serious considerations at the combine then, more than just a workout if he does it's that.
3: 26 man. hours this game will be starting. Good Lord. Can we play this game already? I've been looking forward to it for so long.
1: We're giving the uh, the audience a chance to share their take. They've heard us and the experts bloviating all week. That's right. Hey, man, what you got for us? Uh, who's up next on? Brian, hey, B, what do you think is going to happen on Saturday night? Hey, man. Hey, how's man. Going? Good, brother.
0: I, I got Ohio
1: State, thirty-one twenty-eight. C.J. Abrams, NBC. Wow, that's our first hairless nut pick going to Buckeyes. I'm a dude with a hearty Southern accent. Really, I believe there could be crimson tide leanings in that. In yeah, that it could happen. be.
3: <laughs>
1: southern Ohio. I don't know. Pennsylvania. Or it could be a Tech fan too. Who's up? Last one. It's Brian, number two. But you're number one in our book, Brian. What you got for us, brother? Hey, man. Hey, man. Uh, 31-20, dogs over
0: uh, whatever the Akins call it, Hickory Nut, whatever it is. <laughs> MVP,
4: MVP is going to be Kenny McIntosh late in the ball game, Breaks
0: a long one, rips it away. Larry will be excited, and Coach Stevie will cry. Go
1: dogs! I like it. There you go. Yeah, over under 62-and-a-half, so that would be just under the under. But uh, McIntosh, it's one of those conversations you and I, I think we had it today. You could give that ball right to Williams. You could give that ball to McIntosh. Yep. Milton may be the X factor. Yep. You've got so many weapons. Look, Ohio State's got Harrison the other wide. They've got good weapons as well. It's just a matter of how much time is Stroud going to have. Are they going to quick that? Is that ball going to pop right out like once mm-hmm. quick hits from uh, what Ryan Day is going to be looking for? But it's
3: not going to be as easy to put pressure on him as you would think, because their O line is a bunch of bruisers as well. That's right. what
1: we've been hearing. We've seen it. Right. Hey, you got one more for me, D. <laughs> We'll go to Hunter on line two. Hey Hunter, man, you're in the game, bro. What you got? Hey guys, how y'all doing? Good, brother. Hey guys, how y'all doing? Good, man. Hey, love your show. Thank you. Hey, listen, I think Georgia can run on Ohio State,
0: man. Right. I like I like Georgia here. I want to know what you think, man. The big O line. I'm going Georgia thirty five, Ohio State twenty.
1: Okay, now that's taking you over the with sixty-five, and we did hear from a couple of dudes. Archer thinks Ohio State can run the football as well. Yes, but, uh, but we do think Georgia. The one thing we all agree, much like Michigan, as they did in in the again, this is in Ohio Stadium in the Horseshoe. Michigan did it. Georgia should be able to do it at Mercedes-Benz. Thanks, guys. Great job tonight. I like that. Hey, man. How you doing, Robbie? Robbie, you like cough syrup like I like it. <laughs> Take the edge off. How you doing? <laughs> Hey, man. How you doing? Well, we're going to gonna clear our throats, get the heck out of Dodge. Hawks, LeBron, and the circus is in town. Yes. Hawks are five-and-a-half-point favorites tonight at St. Paul Well,
3: that's because the uh, Lakers have been pretty awful. 13th <laughs> right. in the 13th out west, I mean.
1: And, again, the big story today, Sham Sharania drops it. Uh, Nate is going to he's been considering retiring and quitting. And then Nate said today at the uh, press junket at six that – no, 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 no. He is gonna think again like, all season. Yeah, you think about it after the season. He yeah. is not considering retiring today at the press.
3: will consider retiring after the season is right. basically what he said.
1: I'll take you on a press junket next, though. Right. Let's let's do it. are throats. Come on, Robbie, finish strong. I shall try. Dukes and Bella are wrapping up another show.
0: So it's time for Let Me Clear My toes. On Sports Radio 929. Oh. The game.
1: All right, Robbie Tribble, thank you for another excellent week filling in for my man, Carl Dukes. Yes, sir. We'll talk to you guys in the new year. Uh, biggest story, as we said before the break, uh, reported initially by Sham Sharania that Nate will be, uh, at least he's considered, stepping down as our man Steve Cooner came out and said, Hack journalism. said it was non-story. Trash journalism. And uh, and then uh, Nate, talking to the media today, said that, uh, yeah, maybe at the end of the year he'll consider it, but... Uh, 58 years old yeah i know that he is certainly i uh, mean it's just hack journalism he, he has kind of been hack. <laughs> he's been uh, paid by the hawks got a contract got a couple more years on that deal uh, he was obviously doing a pretty good job when he took over for uh, lloyd pierce when this team was in the weeds took us all the way to the eastern conference championships unfortunately whoever you want to blame there's a pie chart you want to blame trey the injuries nate's uh, nate's half court the team has gone backwards since that's a big pie.
3: there's a lot of things to yeah, blame you're right you're
1: right man hey brother have a great weekend We'll uh, be talking about, uh, and you will be doing, uh, by the way, tell the folks when you're on with the Falcon flyover.
3: About 5.30 on Sunday night, Falcons flyover. So, stay tuned. Hopefully, we'll be talking about a thriving afternoon by Desmond Ritter. uh, And we'll touch on the, uh, we'll recap Georgia, Ohio State as well. Right.
1: uh, Five-and-a-half-point favorites are the Georgia Bulldogs because it's, uh, who's going to be playing quarterback for the Cardinals? Who's going to be playing quarterback Uh, for the Cardinals? It's going to be Blau, the former Lions back. Wow, that's right. Because not... Colt McCoy is out. Kyler Murray's already done for the season. So, if you remember from uh, watching Hard Knocks, this was a guy you might remember one game. He actually threw a couple of touchdowns on Thanksgiving as a backup yep. when Stafford went out, and then he lost his job. He got cut. It happened this year on like Hard Sarah, Knocks. Harmoniously dumped yeah. on Hard Knocks, yeah. too. Ugh, that's so, that's, uh, so, Blau. So, uh, you know, I'm not telling you to bet the Falcons, but it would be nice to see it. I really, I'd really love to be coming back here on uh, Next week, we talk about Ritter airing it out against that defense of the That's Cards. Right, right. Hey, hey,
3: maybe some new blood in the college football playoff next year. Florida State, ten wins. You have got your quarterback coming back. Yeah. Washington, eleven wins. They've got their quarterback coming back. Could be y'all could make it, things interesting hey. in the ACC.
1: We'll clear our throats together here. Pretty simple. Good and better teams with better records sometimes give you better bowl games. Look, I, if you guys want to watch some of those six and six teams doing their thing, and I know Oklahoma was six and six last <laughs> night. That was an exciting game, unbelievable game. During the commercial break, we were watching South Carolina Notre Dame. Uh, it was a ninety, it was a hundred yard interception return out of the end zone as Notre Dame was looking to go up two yeah. scores. Yeah. Shane Beamer's Gamecocks hanging in there, tied with the Irish. Real exciting game down there in the this game. This is, game is bowl.
3: great. These games, some of these bowl games have been amazing. Like Arkansas, Kansas was yeah. fantastic. Pitt
1: and uh, UCLA was a good one in the yes. Sun Bowl today. There you go. Hey, man, really appreciate you guys making this station number one in the city for sports. Can't do it without you. We'll talk to you in the new year. If you love the show.
3: Tell your friends. If you don't. I'm jealous of the people that don't know
2: you. (laughs) Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.